welcome to The Feathered Desert, a podcast all about desert bird feeding in the southwestern region of the United States. Welcome everyone to The Feathered Desert. Today we're going to answer the question, bird feeding harmful or helpful? Actually, in 2017, it was estimated that 50 million North Americans feed birds. That's quite a lot of birds. That's a lot of birds. Yes. The question often arises about whether offering supplemental feeding stations harms or helps the birds. So in this podcast, we're going to look at the pros and cons so our listeners can make an educated decision for themselves. All right. So thank you, Kirsten. So Cornell uh, University did a study using 30 years of Project Feeder Watch and Christmas bird count data to answer the question of whether bird feeding was bad for birds or not. If bird feeding is harmful, they expected to see a decline in the most popular bird species seen at feeders. But what they found was that the birds seen at feeders most often tended to do do just as well or better than species rarely seen using feeder stations. So for an example, the red-bellied woodpecker, it has a little red dot on its belly, that's why it's called the red-bellied woodpecker, are seen at feeders quite frequently and they and their populations are doing well, whereas the pinion jay uses feeders more infrequently is in decline. So what are the pros? The pros, one, offers supplemental food when birds need need it the most, winter migration season and breeding season. And by being seasonally savvy and providing the wholesome food during the most stressful times of the year, it is greatly it can greatly increase survival chances. And number two, bird feeding provides humans with an intimate connection with nature. And that's important. Um, I think that's one of the most important that, parts that of bird is. feeding, I think actually. that is one of the most important because it keeps us connected to what's to what's out there. And as long as you're connected and you care, then thing, good things happen. Absolutely. So looking at the cons, I do have four things for cons, but that doesn't mean it outweighs the pros. And we will definitely talk about that after this. So number one is actually disease transfer. This is one of the biggest ones that people talk about. And we do know through scientific studies that the transmission of certain diseases, such as mycoplasma conjunctivitis. I'm so glad you had that word. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's the stuff that you see around your bird's eyes and the bird's, the eye looks really inflamed. Um, And that is usually spread by house finches and the trichomoniasis, which is spread by various songbirds. Um, That transmission has increased through supplemental bird feeding because of the close contact areas that feeders support. Number two is death from window strikes. By attracting birds to our homes, we are introducing unnatural obstacles to them, such as the clear death trap of windows. They do not understand that the reflection they see in the window is not a clear flight path through your house to the other side. The third con is predator smorgasbord. Uh, Some people see this as as a con. Um, I don't necessarily see it as a con, but it is often mentioned. Uh, By gathering songbirds to a common area, we are also offering easy access to predators, such as Cooper's hawks that hunt songbirds as a food source. And our fourth one, which we're going to talk about a little bit, um, is migratory disruptions. 
Uh, some information shows that populations of birds are foregoing migra migration to stay in their breeding ground because of the availability of year-round food through supplemental sources. Okay, so I had a question, but I'm going to wait to the end of the podcast. Okay, Cheryl's going to tell us why we shouldn't panic yet. Yes, so before you take down your feeders for fear of our con list, which actually I'm going to give Kirsten and I a pat on our backs for because we have podcasts that cover a lot of this in a little more detail, the yes. cons. So that should help relieve some of your um, uh, stress. We do have ways to help mitigate these problems. So disease. Clean your feeders. We can't stress this enough. Cleaning and sanitizing your feeders at least once a month can eliminate disease spread by your feeders. And when the outbreak happens in your area, take down your feeders for two weeks and let the birds disperse. This helps keep the sick birds separated from the larger flock and reduces transmission. And as a side note to this problem, preliminary studies suggest that offering high quality food, I got kind of excited about this. Yeah. High quality food that offers healthy nutrition, such as the no waste food offered by um, WBU stores and the one in Mesa as well, may help fortify birds' immune systems when they are exposed to diseases. And there is much more study to be done on this subject. Window strikes, these are preventable with window clings that break up the reflection in your windows. Also, proper feed, feeder placement helps as well. So placing your feeders within the three feet of a window so the birds are slowing down as they approach the um, feeder or placing the feeder 10 feet away to avoid the attraction to the window will cut down on fatal window collisions. Predators. We have to remember, as much as we don't like to see our songbirds eaten, they are an important food source for hawks. And the hawks that specialize on hunting other birds will hunt them even if they do not do it at your feeder. It is something that you do, if it is something you do not wish to see in your backyard, take your feeders down for a week or two. When the hawk shows up, they'll move on to a different hunting ground. You can put your feeders up again once they've left. And four, Migration. There is still a lot more research that needs to be done about this issue for it, is to, for it to be a major worry at this point. One of the questions still needs to be answered is whether losing migration behavior will or will not impact population size and health. And that brings me to my question. Okay. Because when I was reading this, if birds, such as we know hummingbirds, have, can choose not to migrate. Yes. Um, because they have the nectar feeders available and um, because we're doing more native planting and warmer climates um, milder winters are the native plants are um, they're surviving a little yeah longer, they're yeah. surviving mm -hmm. longer and so there's more um, a longer bloom cycle right so is that really a bad thing because migration is a danger I mean, there's so many unknown uh, obstacles that they face, and we do lose a certain amount of the population from migration. So our, I guess it's my question is, is that really a bad thing? Yeah, I kind of have to agree with you on that one. And what scientists need to do is, is really look at how populations that are choosing to stay put versus ones that migrate, is it causing a difference in population? Are either one of them breeding better in the areas that they breed in? And yeah, I know you mentioned to me several months ago an article that you read about hummingbirds in the eastern portion of the United States that typically migrate 
from whatever state they live in there during the spring and summer all the way down into Mexico, some of them are choosing to overwinter along the coastline of the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah. And that, since things are changing, that's one of the things scientists have to keep up on is, is this migration really essential for them or can they still survive? Because generally migration is about finding a place for you to live, a resources for you to breed properly, finding a mate. If you can do all of that stuff without these 3,000 mile migrations, is it something that kind of helps you or does it hurt you? Do you have to have that difference in your environment to succeed throughout your entire life cycle? And I think that's still a big question that scientists have and that we haven't answered yet, especially with all of our climate change issues and things changing. And, and like you said, our longer bloom times that the birds rely on is that a difference? Is that something that is going to make a problem whether you migrate or not migrate? And so I think that's stuff that's coming up at this point in time. I don't personally think that it is an issue. If a bird is essentially programmed to migrate, to migrate, they're going to do it, whether you have food up or not. And if you do have food up, sometimes there's going to be early migrators, sometimes there's going to be late migrators. And if you have that food up and they happen to be going early and they can uh, store up at your feeder, that's fantastic. You've just given them a little extra energy. And if they're late, sometimes there's those late bloomers and they're like, I don't know what I'm doing. Am I supposed to be here? I'm not supposed to be here. Oh, that's right. I'm supposed to be leaving. So they'll take off. And there's not going to be the natural stuff that they're relying on to get all the way through. Maybe it's past the insect cycle and they should be chugging those down while they're going. But if you have some food out for them, some suet or some dried mealworms, then you're going to help them get down their destination. So putting it up um, is not going to stop them from migrating if they have to migrate. Okay. Yeah. So, so we'll wait and see. Yes, we'll have to wait and see. We got to give those scientists times to catch up to. Uh... Makes those bird counts even more important. Yes, it does. And so that was it. This one's a little bit of a short podcast today, but we wanted to give you the information for you to decide yourself. So we have the pros and the cons. I personally am still going to keep feeding because I think that the pros outweigh the cons. Yes. And I take all of those mitigating steps that we gave you to make sure that my feeders are clean and i am seasonally savvy which we talk about in a different podcast, podcast called seasonally savvy so check that out and i do the same thing i put things on my windows to help them see the windows or i keep my feeders far enough away and um I, like i said earlier i don't have a problem with the predator issue because i know that they do have to eat as well and if you don't want to see it like we said you can take the steps that we gave you so i hope this gives you enough pros and cons to make a decision for yourself and that's all we wanted was for you guys to make an educated decision. So thank you very much. We will have a few articles actually in our show notes if you guys want to read specific longer articles about this issue as well. Thank you.